This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you. Seriously, patreon.com slash Butcher's Breakaway is where you can support the podcast. We have a lot of great things coming out this week. I know an NFL mock draft. I, I'm going to the game on Thursday. I might do a little bit of post-game live stream. Got a lot of stuff going on. So patreon.com slash Butcher's Breakaway. It's how we keep the podcast going. Thank you so much. Got a great show today. Have a director on. Number one Netflix film. We talk a lot about the Rangers. Talk about his film. Talk about, we talk about Chris Kreider maybe not being a Ranger next year. A lot to go through. Here's Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Wicked Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of the Blue Shirts Breakaway, and I'm here with my co-host, also of the Blue Shirts Breakaway, Gregory Kaplan. Gregory, say hello. Important question, Ryan, right yes, off sir. the rip. I'm, I'm ready I'm for coming, it. coming at you. Yep. You can only keep one of these two combinations. The other one you can't have the rest of your life. Is this a food question or a hockey question? It's a, fo- it's a food question. Okay. You're either keeping peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Or you're keeping peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, wow. This is harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, right? I didn't want it to be this hard because when you first – let me go through my mindset here. When you first announced peanut butter and jelly, and I was like, there's no way. There's no right. way anything you can say could beat that. Uh-huh. But I think I actually have to go, without going too deep into this, peanut butter and chocolate. So you keep peanut butter and chocolate. Yes. Because peanut butter and chocolate has many more applications, whereas peanut butter and jelly is just that. Yes. I think I keep – I'm still a big peanut butter and jelly guy because I'm six – and my cooking skills are limited. Yeah, we've heard so, about your food takes before. That's true. They're yeah. not. They're not Sam, well, wait Sam wait Stern's second, food takes. Those Sam Stern. Sam Stern is the worst at food, by a lot. Yeah, I, I'm keeping peanut butter and jelly. I can live without Butterfingers. I, I could live pretty, pretty. See, I think Butterfingers, Butterfingers. Welcome to the New York number one New York Butterfingers, podcast, I, I by the way. Say, I, mean, uh, I did meet Reese's. Uh, yes, yeah, Reese's, I, Reese's, is, Reese's are good. I think Butterfingers are not really pe- peanut butter chocolate, even though they kind of like are marketed as that. It's really not. Yeah, really- I, I meant to say Reese's. I don't know why Butterfingers came out of my mouth. All right. Anyway, uh, how are the Mets doing? <laughs> they're <laughs> off today because the schedule makers are idiots. There you go. The Mets are off today. They have a two-game series, and then they're off on Thursday. Silly. So this is These are two scheduled days off for this week. Silly. Could have made some doubleheaders up. All right, New York Rangers. Uh, a lot going mm-hmm. on. I know that we're going to get into this hope conversation, and you'll poo-poo it very quickly, and I understand, and I kind of did the math today. There's almost literally no chance that the Rangers make the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's now 7.5% chance. They were at 3% before they uh, won two games in a row here, had a 
Nice resurgence against the struggling Buffalo Sabres. And the Bruins dropped two in a row. And so now you have to root for Sidney Crosby and the Penguins on uh, Tuesday night when you're listening to this. Hopefully the Penguins can pull it out again for them to even have a shot whatsoever. But I have hope. It's small. It's daunting. And it's going to kill me and eat me up inside. So go ahead and poo-poo. Well, saying something is small and then saying it is also daunting are two just diametrically different things. It, it's, but it does feel that way. I think you meant, I think you meant fleeting, not daunting. No, it, it haunts me. It, I hate that I have the hope. Okay, so you, you meant to say haunting with an H, not a D. I think I meant daunting, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, something can't be small and daunting. I'll, I, that's another discussion. Oh, God, this is like fucking... What is the thing? Oh, scapegoat. It's once again a word you just don't understand. We did have a five-star question that I may or may not read that literally flames both of us to the ends of the earth. And one of them does say, Ryan has no opinions whatsoever that mean anything, and he can't speak English. <laughs> so. Cool. That guy can eat my ass, so yeah. that's fine. Yep. Um, and notice I said eat my ass, Ryan. Not Welcome back to anything Independent Boosters Breakaway, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so you want me to poo-poo on it? I. I guess the only way I can poo-poo on it is to tell you that when we did this podcast a week ago, nothing for better or worse has changed in the last week. The Rangers are still four points behind the Bruins, but the Bruins still have two games in hand. So in my mind, theoretically, the Bruins are still eight points clear. Right, you have to hope the Bruins that the Penguins still have. Win. Yeah, and the Bruins still have an easier schedule. It, from, from last week to today, the, nothing's changed. The Rangers traded water. The Rangers did less than what they needed to do, right? They dropped the game in the middle of this. I think they dropped two when we get down to brass knuckles there. Um, yeah, it, it's hard for me to say I'm more hopeful this week. It, it's All that's happened in the last week are games have been ripped off the calendar. The Rangers aren't any closer to being in the playoff picture, and the Bruins aren't any closer to being out of the playoff picture. Listen, if the Rangers want to make the playoffs, it's less about what the Rangers are going to do, and it's more about what the Bruins That's exactly are going to it. do. I mean, when you drop the games versus the Islanders, obviously, we recorded the OT after that. Uh, and then when you play AV and the Flyers and you end up losing one where you probably should have won, maybe, then you go you go over the weekend, you, you play the Flyers again, you win in a dominating fashion on Friday night, and then you take it to the Sabres as you should. And that's exactly what the team did. And, and the team's been playing really well. I mean, maybe they should have won that Flyers game, but... It sucks. That was a like it, you can't say that game, but every single game right now for this Ranger team is a must-win game, and they're gonna ha- have to win out, and then everything else is gonna have to go right at the same time. And it's very hard to win out when you're the Rangers and you have to play against the Islanders and the Capitals and the Bruins in a row here, uh, six games in a row starting this Thursday, I believe. So very yeah, fun and, times. And again, the thing working against the Rangers here is while we think that three of the f- top four teams are all but certain to be in the playoff picture. And again, you know, I would say four of the four are all but certain to be in the playoff picture. Yes. But nobody wants to hear negative Greg on a Tuesday morning. You hear it every other Tuesday. Why should this Tuesday be any goddamn different? We'll get there. I promise. The thing thing that's a real kick in the nuts for the Rangers is even when these teams clinch a spot in the playoffs, they are still playing for seeding because they're all just bunched on top of each other. And seeding is going to matter. In this one, two, three, four. Pretty structure. speaking of seeding, pretty fishy uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning fell to three. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. fucking cheats. I don't know. They're fucking cheating. <laughs> what else? What else do you fucking want? They're they're. Oh god, yeah. I really just can't fucking stand them. Just Incredible. Six f bombs in a row there for Tampa Bay. Um. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Seven. I heard. There we are. Hey, uh, fuck them one more time because eight <laughs> teams make the playoffs. 
Uh, they're, the just, they're just the worst. All right. They're uh, just the worst. With the Rangers this week, it's been a couple of developments that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. One, Lafreniere right. going to the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Buchnevich. Seemingly, it has worked out very well for him. I believe he has uh, 16 points in his last... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the, the stat on top of my head. I probably shouldn't even start to say it. But he started mm-hmm. to heat up and at least play like a quote-unquote no, number one overall pick. Uh, my reaction to it so far is it's been... It's been pleasing because Chris Kreider is sort of in his I'm very extremely cold mode. I'm invisible. Uh, I'm I'm on the ice. You can't really see me mode. And Lafreniere has looked confident. Looks like he's finding his game. His quotes have been pretty positive saying, hey, it's, it's been a long season. It's nice to be in a playoff hunt. I'm certainly finding my groove and we only have a certain amount of games left. So here's where we are. And Lafreniere seems infectious and doesn't seem like he's ever really been down on himself this season. So what has been your overall takeaway with uh, Lafreniere just ripping it up on the first? I mean, it's tough. I just want to do some quick math before I talk about that. Sure. We're going to time zap by quick math, yep. 82. Did yeah, it, I'm just it, reminding it, people it, that Chris Kreider, the guy who sucks and is apparently the reason why Mika Zibanejad uh, has sucked this year, is on pace if this was a 82-game season for 33 goals, which would be a career high. Um, yeah, he stinks. I, I get it. The people that are out there that are just fucking insane and crazy. Um, well, we, there, Alexi there are there is a vocal minority of Ranger fans, right, that are very yeah, they angry. Won't shut the fuck up about everything. As we yeah, are, very... they really just won't shut up. I would love for them to shut up. That's all I want. <laughs> this that's not going to happen. You know how this works. We're on the I know, internet. I got to. I got to fucking block them. It's, it's you just because it it, it it taunts you, Greg. It haunts you. It's daunting to you. See now that that is. <laughs> A better use of the word, Ryan. Um, it, that, that, that's what it does. It, it informs your opinion, also, but that's not how everyone still, that listens to the show is. You know what I mean? It's, it's also still not quite the right phrasing of daunting because, again, it's not like a monumental task right. that I have to complete, uh, which is <laughs> ignoring people who make you angry. That's it. Correct. Correct. Um, it's tough right there with, with Lafreniere. First of all, it's amazing to see. It's great to see. It, it's it elevates your confidence about what the New York Rangers could be next season, which is, in our minds, mo- most important than anything going on right now. We're very happy that the New York Rangers are playing meaningful hockey games late into the season, but we're even happier that they're playing meaningful games late into the season because the children are keeping the Rangers' playoff hopes alive, right? That Mika Zibanejad is back, Artemi Panarin has never left, but the children doing what they're doing, specifically Kako, Kravtsov, and Lafreniere at the forwards, is amazing to see and it makes you hopeful for the future um now there are two trains of thoughts that you can use here ryan and you know it, it depends on where you fall in the pendulum in terms of how you decide to allocate your time and your your willingness to fight in this regard is alexi lafreniere breaking out towards the end of the season because david quinn brought him along slowly let him get his feet under him put him in positions to succeed only when he was ready to succeed or is alexi lafreniere succeeding late in the season because finally David Quinn is allowing him to do what he does best. And he should have been doing that the entire time. You can make a good argument regardless of which side you fall in that debate. I'm not going to make either argument because I'm going to play both sides and just say, I'm happy. He's playing very well right now. I think that's that's the right answer, by the way. Um, He would have broken out sooner if he was on the power play, but he's not because there are players there that have quote unquote earned the time. That's it. We've talked about it ad nauseum yeah, on this podcast. I, yeah, and we're not we don't we don't need to go over it again. If if at this point in time, if you guys listen to this podcast enough, you know exactly where Ryan and I fall 
in terms of how the Rangers utilized their top power play unit. Yeah, there's no and reason what we would do differently. There's again. no reason to do it anymore. I, instead, I would rather say this, Ryan. Uh, what is your percentage chance hmm. that Chris Kreider is a New York Ranger on opening night 2021? Oh, you're setting me up here and you know it. Uh, I know. That's why I asked. I would say it is. Uh, I'm going to cop out here a little. I will say, and maybe this isn't even a cop out. Maybe this is a woe moment. I think it's a coin flip. I was going to say the best thing to happen this season is what I just said that Chris Kreider is on pace for a. 33-plus goal season. So When he's considered yes. having a down year, like, analytically. Still producing at a high level. Yeah, but well, you know what? It's the NHL. We don't have to worry about anyone looking at his Rapham chart. Might have to worry about it with the team he might end up on, Gregory. Yeah, but every team needs veterans, buddy. That, that's true. That's true. Um, I will say, the people that want to say Chris Kreider's contract is unmovable – uh, this is as movable as it will be, considering he is still an elite gold scorer as in the in the views of the league. Um, he's had a healthy season. Chris Kreider has not missed time during a year of utter chaos. He's, he's clearly been a leader. I'll say that, and that counts for a lot I in the will, NHL. I will say there is a 30% chance Chris Kreider's a New York Ranger on opening night next year. Ready for this one? Yeah. If they trade him at a certain time this summer, which could be at the uh, expansion draft, they could pay his bonus up front, and his salary for the team that he went to would only be $4.9 million for the years remaining. He's going to Ottawa. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's difficult because the Rangers signed Chris Kreider not having the expectation that they would get the number one overall draft pick. In the they also draft. thought, Greg, that they would have a salary cap that would work with them over time, which clearly did Correct. not happen. Right. I like uh, I like today everyone's like, oh, the NHL is doubling their money they're making off their TV contract. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, we're not going to raise the salary cap. No way. They're like, it's going to be five years from now. We have so much uh, escrow we have to deal with. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The the fun stuff. It's, it's difficult because it, had you told the Rangers last February – that they were going to win the lottery, have a chance to draft Alexi Lafreniere, I guarantee you they trade Chris Kreider. They don't extend him. It, it, but there's no way the Rangers were of the mindset. A team that was pushing for a playoff berth before the year, season got shut down. So the, the most realistic spot the Rangers could move up to in the draft was not even number one. It, it was unfathomable for the Rangers to sit there and think that they would have a shot at the number one overall pick. It just wasn't going to happen. So they made a decision to lock up a winger that they felt would be able to carry his positive traits into at least the first four years of that contract. And not only that, Greg, I and, think it's super important to say this to cut you off real quick to, before you finish yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Is, is mm -hmm. Kreider really wanted to stay? That's like sort of on record. I believe he, yes. he wanted to be a New York Ranger and he took less money because I think, and you and I discussed this, he could have gotten 7 or 7.5 probably on the open market, but he settled, he settled in hockey terms for $6.5 to stay in the New York Rangers. And I, I don't know for a fact, but the rumors were out there. I'm pretty close to knowing for a fact, I think, that the, there was a trade to, on, the, on the table for the New York Rangers for, for the, uh, with the Avalanche for Chris Kreider that didn't go through in the last second, and that's when they were like, okay, we got to get Chris signed at least for 6.5 now. We want him on this team. That's it. 
Well, the reason why the trade didn't go through is because Chris lowered his ass. That's probably that. That's why it it, it didn't go through. And Chris does have. I, we're on a first name. Yeah, basis. Chris. We're really cool with him. Yeah, Chris Christopher has <laughs> a no move clause, so yeah. he gets to decide where he goes, when he goes, and what happens to him if 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 he does go. Um, and there's no I. I say there's a 30% chance he's not a New York Ranger, and there's nothing that I – all it takes is Chris Kreider to say he's cool with whatever role the Rangers play him in, and the Rangers are going to play playing him a lesser role in years to come and still paying until him the, until two, four, they, $5 million. Until it's a modified no-move contract, and then they can either decide to trade Chris Kreider or buy him out. Yeah, and that's three years from after this year. So yep. it, it's – So he'll be around. Yeah, he's, I just – the writing just seems to be on the wall. And I don't mean that by he's playing third line minutes right now. I don't, he's, he's getting the most important thing Chris Kreider can do is get top power play minutes for the New York Rangers, which he's doing. And he's succeeding. He's, he's very good at at rebounding pucks. Who knew? Yes. It's a strong suit. I, I just, I think the demand for Chris Kreider will never be higher than it will be this off season on this contract. So I'm trying to put the ducks in a row where the Rangers are selling. It's not quite selling high on Kreider because it's six and a half million dollars for the next six years. So it's, it's a limited return. You're going to get no matter what for whoever the team is actually paying it. Right. Money, The Um, money number matters. Right. It's, it's tough. I just, if the Rangers don't move Chris Kreider this offseason when there's an expansion draft, when other teams have worries about um, players they're trying to keep protected from Seattle, where the Rangers could kind of get involved in like three team deals and say, we're willing to give up Chris Kreider if this other team gives you a first round pick so you don't choose player X from that team. There are so many different permutations that the Rangers can explore this offseason where the one thing we've been consistent about on this show is that the New York Rangers just have too many wingers, too many. And while they have more right wingers than they do left wingers, they still have too many left wingers. And there's when, when there isn't room to play someone like Julian Goche on a team that is extremely young, extremely naive is not exactly the word I want to use, but green is probably more in line. A team that's trying to figure out what the hell it wants to do for the coming years when you don't have room for Julian Goche in that lineup, I don't know how you expect to have room for an aging veteran like Chris Kreider when Lafreniere is clearly ready. You already have Panarin, Buchnevich, Kako, Kravtsov. You just have too many damn wingers. And maybe the Rangers trade two wingers. It's totally possible. But I don't think the Rangers trade any winger before they figure out if they can move Kreider at all. And I do think this offseason, they will find a way to get it done. I don't know how. I don't know how you're going to get Chris Kreider to waive that no-movement clause. I'm sure there has to be a sweetener. But, yeah, yes. as, as things stand today, I am I would say I'm only a 30% chance that Chris Kreider is a Ranger on opening night in 2021. I go 50-50 just because I think he really likes it in New York. And I think if he could be offered the keys to a new franchise that – might he might be able to be a captain of right away that would be enticing to him Gregory but that's the only thing I could think of at this point in time maybe yeah I I would I mean it Seattle is 
my my fear with Seattle is the Rangers will think it's it, it, it comes down to how badly do the Rangers need to sweeten the pot. I don't think the Ra- Chris Kreider is not an albatross contract where you need to give Seattle no, a first round pick to take Chris Kreider. Like there's benefits for Seattle to just have a player like Chris Kreider. There's a lot and of benefits and to million having Chris Kreider on your team. Like yeah, and a six, plethora. Six and a half, six and a half million dollar cap hit for a player that's in the prime of his career and is still useful isn't prohibitive to a team with $81.5 million in cap space. So it, I don't think – I'm not going to sit here and say the Rangers need to attach a draft pick to Chris Kreider to get the Seattle Kraken to take him. I would, I would say I'd rather just keep Chris Kreider if it cost me a draft pick to move him. I have There's to no agree with you. That. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's hard to sit here and say that there aren't scenarios in which the Rangers could be mutually beneficial in moving Chris Kreider where another team is giving up significant asset and the Rangers are getting back some sort of future because there are some players like Pavel Buchnevich that I'm just not, the Rangers are past the point of needing to trade guys for futures. It, it, this, the future, <laughs> the future is now old man. Yeah, it really the is. Rangers, the Rangers are going to be here next year. So there are guys like Buchnevich where I'm not trading a future. There are guys like not interested. Um, Ryan Strom. I'm not trading him for future. Buchnevich doesn't get traded unless it's Reichel. That's the only way. Yeah, or a Kreider is center. the one. Kreider is the one guy where I would actually trade for a future, if it involves Seattle. That's the one guy, because that six and a half can be reallocated in way. Like, does Buffalo have have interest in a guy like Chris Kreider and Eichel trade? No. That's you can't you can't move Kreider in a trade to get back a long term center because Kreider doesn't fit Buffalo's timeline, but Seattle's timeline, Seattle doesn't have a timeline. They get to invent their own timeline. So you can sell Seattle on Chris Kreider being an important cog to that team for the next four years, because they're going to want to come out of the gates just like Vegas did. They're not going to want to be an also ran for the first two years of their existence. They, they're going to want to make a playoff push immediately, which Chris Kreider can help them with. But I think, I don't think, one, one I don't think the Rangers are going to get back the player you want for Chris Kreider. So that's the one guy I would trade a future for. One part of this you're missing is that right now Seattle doesn't really get anything from New York Rangers if they, you know, right. of, of a serious asset, which is to why. We, we, Gorton, which we've talked about correct. before as well. Yep. Which is why Gordon could call up and be like, okay, listen, you can take Hayek or Gauthier, and they're both unproven assets, really. Uh, let's be honest at this point. Or we can work a deal where you get something more, like, say, we expose a goalie. Or say that you take Chris Kreider and you give something to us back in that way. Uh, there's a lot of different avenues the New York Rangers can go with Seattle that are not just, hey, here's this limited guy that is maybe young and fun that you might cut next year. And that's it. So let's see what Gorton can even like maybe cook up with them. Maybe he floats the idea of Chris Kreider. Maybe he floats the idea of, of Georgiev maybe being their starting goalie if, if he exposes him. And then Kincaid, would, or Keith rather, because we are on a first-name basis, would be the backup next year here possibly. There's a lot of different options here that uh, that can happen for, for uh, the New York Rangers. There you go. Right. That's the, and that's a point we've hammered to death as well. If the New York Rangers just want to stick their nose up and not play ball with Seattle at all, Congratulations. Seattle gets to choose between Brett Howden, Lieber Hayek, and Julian Gauthier. And while we both like Julian Gauthier, that, as we said last week answering a five-star question, the New York Rangers become like the 29th question that Seattle has to answer on draft day. They're not within the realm of, is this a team we have to do something fun with? Gorton has all the cards that he could possibly have when it comes to Seattle. 
if he doesn't want Seattle to have any kind of fun, if he doesn't want to use Seattle as a way to mix things up long-term for this franchise, he doesn't have to. He can just expose also Rands and go about his day no problem. Or Seattle can get spicy. And I think you and I are both of the opinion that it's going to be a spicy offseason, so why wouldn't he get spicy with Seattle? Anything is possible. All right, let's go to our guest. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Transition. Hey, we're back with our guest today. We have an official director, the official director of Blue Breakaway. We have Brad and Doomler. He directed What Lies Below, number one film on Netflix, and also you are the uh, founder of Ranger Films. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. I, I hope I don't get in trouble for announcing that. I, I'm, I don't know if I have the rights for that yet. I've oh, I, will bl- I, I can tone it out. You want to bleep it? I can. <laughs> No, no, no. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Go with it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> we do it live on Bullish's Breakaway. Uh, there I mean, you go. I thought the, the that was public knowledge because when you came to me, it was like, hey, I did this. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, ver- fair enough. Uh, I, the, the, the film that I did, What Lies Blows, actually isn't under Ranger Films, but I hope to uh, bid, build Ranger Films out and make it into uh, my production company, you okay. know? Got it, got it. So when I first got your DM, I was like, this guy's insane. He's sending me his movie. <laughs> Like I get, dude, I get so many weird DMs that are just crazy. So it was like, know, Hey man, I'm, sure. I'm a huge fan. Check out my movie. I was like, this guy's a liar. Why is he sending me a Netflix movie? And then you messaged me again. like, Hey dude, my movie is number one on Netflix. Do you want me to, can I come on the show? I was like, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how did this happen? So you got to Netflix. Uh, how did it even go? What's the process like? Yeah, uh, well, you know, it, there, there's, uh, you know, multiple different rights that you can sell in a film. So you can sell uh, streaming rights is one of them. And so when we went in the process of selling the film, um, we went to Netflix and Hulu and some of the other tre- streaming services and see if they were interested. And, and it ended up that quite a few of them were and there was a, a small bidding war for the film and nice. uh, we ended up get landing at Netflix. Um, but the film was actually out prior to that. It was out uh, early, early December, was, which is probably why I gave you that sketchy uh, uh, message yep. on, on Twitter. Uh, and it was just out on VOD and uh, digital release. And it, and it did pretty well there. Like, we were happy. Um, and then, you know, with the Netflix and the, 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 the trending uh, um, um, label, the trending algorithm, whatever it is, uh, because we were number one, it was, it was a quite, quite a bigger deal all of a sudden. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, we uh, we get really excited when we're number one in Brazil for hockey podcasts. <laughs> so, tell what what was what was that two week stretch like when every time you fired up Netflix, the number one trending movie was What Lies Below. Oh, dude, it it, it was it was a ride, man. Like, you know, I just I just try to make cool shit with my friends. You know, like that's all we do. We're we're low budget Same. filmmakers. You know, you know, we're we're we don't have million dollar budgets. We don't have these crazy things, you know? And so we're just like, let's make something. Oh, this is a great script. Let's do this. Uh, and, and so to actually get it recognized and to be next to Idris Alba, who had, had his film concrete cowboy on there and be next to some of these other, you know, like Drew Barrymore had a movie that released that week. It was just nuts, you know, and just, and, you know, I got a lot of hate mail from the film um, for obvious reasons in the movie. Uh, but I also got a lot of like fan mail, like, and that was so cool to see people reach out to me. Like they, they liked the film so much that they find me on Instagram 
and they reach out and just tell me how much they love the film. And that, that's like the most heartwarming thing you could ever ask for as a filmmaker, you know, because you just you just want to move people. You just want to connect to them through cinema. That's exactly that's why we do the podcast, except we just make people angry. But I did <laughs> I did watch the movie. Um, I'm not really like a thriller horror person. Genuinely yeah. very creepy movie. Uh, you did a great job yes. with the low budget you had, especially I will not going to spoil anything if anybody wants to watch it. Of course, what lies below, you can check it out on Netflix. Uh, extremely unsettling. Uh, oh, thank you. The second half of the movie. So. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, is is it easier for you to make uh, thriller horror movies because you're a Ranger fan, or is it? <laughs> like... uh, that's a great question. Maybe there's just this masochistic part of me that you know can easily tap into that stuff because of being a Ranger fan for as long as uh, I've been. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, absolutely. Uh, are, you know. It's funny because I one of the things I always ask uh, anytime I interview a crew member, a potential crew member, is I go, do, do you play sports? Uh, do you watch sports? You know, are you at all a sports fan? Because one, it's a, a way to connect to them because sport, I mean, um, American culture is sports. There's just no way to separate it, right? And two, if you played sports, if you know how to work on a team, if you know how to be a leader and to fall back to the back of the pack when you need to, you can be on a film set, you know? Um, and a lot of people don't have that upbringing, so they don't know how to be in that situation. But the players, the people who are sports, who are athletes, who grew up like that, they know how to fit in as part of a team. And, and so I think it's kind of like fundamental uh, to, to film. And, and, and honestly, I try to always surround myself with people with, with sports backgrounds, even if they end up being Jersey Devils fans or Islanders fans. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I have to ask the really obvious question here. You, yeah. uh, you've had an overnight success. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Um, how many scripts are you getting now? Uh, well, I write my own stuff, so I wrote what lies below. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I have been—I I have like you—I ha have a lot of people reach out to me on LinkedIn and 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 Instagram, and they say, you know, it's mostly actors and actresses saying, "Can you cast me in your next film?" kind of thing. And I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, if I ever make one, you know? <laughs> yeah, if I get one <laughs> you know? more, yeah, sure, you know, like, you know." But um, so it—it—I it, it, haven't really like hit it off the way. Um, you know, it was one thing to be on on number one on Netflix, but it's not like I have a, a, a an right. interview with Mar Marvel lined up next week. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it's uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm producing a movie right now just because it's a friend of mine and I love the script and I'm about to go out to cast on my next film, uh, my next script. Um, and so it's just it's it's kind of like that. And I'm 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 meeting with an agency next week and I'm going to pitch them a remake of young blood because I'm a hockey fan. And there I think that film, I think that film needs to be remade uh, and would be amazing. Um, and uh, you know, so I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to hustle, man, just trying to just fit in where I can fit in. You know? I wanted to know before I send you like my nine scripts, cause I have a couple well, of ideas. I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was going to ask, do you think there's a movie where it's two guys, right? Yeah, just stick with two us. Two guys who barely <laughs> like each other. Yes. And they decide to start this show. Mm -hmm. okay. And the show it's... gets big enough where the communications department for what they're doing the show about fucking hates them. Yeah, hates Is them. Is there a movie yeah. somewhere in there? <laughs> and like, but, oh but hold, hold on. There's some twisted turns. 
that communications yeah. department also maybe wanted them to do a live show where they host games and then also maybe try them out for a TV show, but then also right. still hates the podcast. <laughs> you forgot the whole religious element. Oh, right? yes. I mean, we also church started. Has to come in at started at church. Uh, <laughs> yes. We were there. You know? They were there for that. They weren't thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you already have a built-in audience right there. The entire church would show up to your premiere. So. Wow, we're gonna have a great ten-minute film. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'll we'll do it. We'll do a Spinal Tap documentary, and it'll be about Blue Shirts Breakaway. Yeah, very uh, fun, very fun. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to go from here because if you haven't checked out the movie yet, everybody, if you're a fan of a horror thriller, please do that. So Ranger Ranger Films, not really a thing yet, not officially a trademark, but that is what you're building. How did yeah. you like become a Ranger fan? Was it, was it a, a childhood dream of yours to uh, eventually do this? Oh, Suffer man. with us? You, yeah, right. Uh, I think I became a fan late 80s. Um, I remember just turning on the TV uh, one day and, and watching a game a hockey game and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world and so I think the next week I asked my mom I wanted to play hockey um and for whatever reason I always gravitated at, early on to the rain to the rangers um and so I got to experience the early 90s when they had Amante and you know uh Gartner and um you know all these uh, you know, uh who am I forgetting uh, Doug Waite and and then eventually Messier and and then you know they win the cup with Graves mm -hmm. and Bukaboom and uh, Zubov and 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 so I, I I feel like I got in at like the perfect time because I got to see that that's that short burst that they had um, and then it was just too like almost a, a decade of pain <laughs> right after yep. 99 you know <laughs> and, and uh and I to be honest I, I kind of couldn't watch them at a certain point like I, I I drifted away and became much more into the Yankees um at, at um at some point um, but every, but once Hank came up again, um, that was just another kind of resurgence and I, and I got right back on the, on the bandwagon, so to speak. And it was just fun to, to go with them. It was tough though. Those, those years, those, those dead years that was, it was tough to stay a fan and tough to stay engaged because it was just so frustrating, you know, um, all this money that they spent and they still couldn't even make the playoffs. I still remember being at one of the games against the devils. I can't remember what year. And if they had won, they would have gotten into the playoffs and they lost. Um, like they were officially eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. No, it was even earlier. It was like in the early 2000s. Um, and they were officially eliminated because of that game. And I was just so devastated. My dad didn't understand why I was so upset. <laughs> it's like, it was, and it's well, hard I guess... to explain to a, a, a sports fan, a non sports fan, why you're so upset about a sport. You know, oh, that wasn't it. So. Yeah, they lost I the got, conference finals I, in New Jersey in 2012. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, you're 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 big dumb dumb, right? But we all know that. <laughs> cool. Um, I, what more importantly than how'd you become a Ranger fan? You are the again director of a movie that was number one on Netflix for multiple days, and yeah. you're telling me that you willingly spend a couple hours of your day <laughs> listening to two bumbling idiots talk about the New York Rangers or the New York Mets, or horse racing, yes. or whatever the hell the topic is. Oh, this one's about us? That's nice. Thanks, yeah. Greg. <laughs> it, 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 I, I listen to you guys all the time. I love it. I just, I love hearing people get as angry about the team as I do, you know? I don't feel so crazy. It's cathartic, um, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. And, I, and I'm such a, I'll, I'll show you how crazy of a Rangers fan I am. I used to shoot Snoop Dogg's uh, web show called uh, the GGN News. 
Um, and he, it was basically him getting high with friends. And I did know this and I had a question lined up, so I'm happy you brought <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> okay. So I did this for five, six years. Right. But every, you know, we would shoot, you know, in April and March and I mean, April and May sometimes, and the Rangers were going heavy into the playoffs. So I would literally be shooting the show and watching the Rangers playoffs behind the, behind the camera. That's hilarious. And, man. and Snoop was so good about it. Like he was so chill about it that he used to just call me the, the hockey dude, you know, because I never fucked up. Fortunately, like I, I never missed a shot. I always got what he needed. And I just happened to have the Rangers game playing on my phone at the same time. That's know? hilarious, like, that was, man. He was know? like, yeah, it's cool. Just get the shots. He's like, keep watching the Rangers. I don't care. <laughs> He was very chill about it, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I, that was, um, and not that I do that anymore. Like if I'm on a, prof- you know, an actual big film set. I'm you don't have to lie. That, you but... watched all the Ranger <laughs> games while you did the Netflix film. It's okay. Well, you know, it's tough being on the West Coast too, because you have to kind of record them sometimes and watch them later as if they're live. Um, but it's, it's still, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely an addiction at this point. I, I just love them. Uh, what can I say? And I think we all do. We, we all understand that. It's a love, hate relationship. brutal relationship. Can you, yes. can you, uh, in your next horror film, can you work in a, that's uh, Freddy Krueger, excuse me, that's actually Jason Voorhees just once <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I think Sam Rosa would be a great, like, extra character in any film, period. My, just, he my, adds a lot of flavor. Yeah, my favorite enforcer that they ever had who could have been a horror character was uh, uh, McCarthy. Remember McCarthy back in the day? Was it Sandy McCarthy? He's Sandy McCarthy, yeah. He was intimidating as hell, that guy. I feel like I never saw him watch a, a loss of fight. Or Colton Orr. Colton Orr was really tough, too. Colton was definitely That guy. There. Oh, my gosh. So you've he been just... through all the struggles. You've been through all the yes. sadness. You've been around. At yes. least you want to you, – you were uh, – I was five years old when we won the cup, so it was kind of like, yay. It was like – it, yeah, it yeah. was the same amount of joy if someone handed me a lollipop, you know? It wasn't really like – as much as I wanted right. to enjoy it, as much as I would enjoy it now, for sure. Uh, what is your out your outlook currently on this Ranger team that has maybe the most talent of any team in your lifetime? Uh, you know, I feel like this is going to be a huge summer. Uh, I feel that oh, they yeah. have that one they they have that one um, defense spot um, um, that they can uh, they can oh my gosh protect in the expansion draft. I don't think they're going to waste it on Hayek Hayek. I can never pronounce his name. They just call him the kayak. It works, man. Uh, the kayak, yeah. Yep. And and, and so kind of, I'm kind of curious. I, I I read this TSN article recently where they were projecting what uh, the Canadian teams who they would leave exposed, and and Calgary might leave Giordano exposed, and then they also might leave. Uh, and and then the Oilers are talking about leaving Clefbaum exposed, and I just I just think with the Rangers cap space, there's an opportunity here to maybe bring somebody in, build up his value, let him lead, and then. You know, if if they're in the playoffs, great. You got a leader for the playoffs, and if not, you trade them for a higher higher pick. Because at the end of the day, anybody with those players is going to easily give them up um, for for a fourth round pick rather than just let them take in an expansion draft. You know, um, so it, it's just really interesting. There's all these little caveats to it. I think they're going to go take a big swing for a center, um, which is going to be a big deal. Mr. Eichel, uh, come on down. I, yeah, I, I wonder if it's that or somebody that we're not even thinking about. I've heard a lot of people talk about Sorelli on the Tampa Bay. That was us. It makes a lot of sense to trade for Tampa, trade from him from Tampa Bay. But one, they're cheating. Two, the salary yeah, cap doesn't apply, apply to them. And three, all the Rangers had to do was offsheet him, and they didn't want to fucking do it. So, 
I swear to God, if somebody bails out the Tampa Bay Lightning, this I'm gonna make uh, make sure in my film that all I do is make fun of that team that bailed out the Tampa Bay Lightning. I will do a mockumentary with you about yeah. this season yeah. and the Tampa yeah, Bay we're, Lightning. We're, oh, we're in. Yeah, we're in. We're <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, say say no more. We we will. We're, we're all the way in. We can be your two uh, historians that are talking about how. Yeah, the Tampa I'll put glasses Bay on. And I, I find Lamarillo super sketchy too, man. Like there was all that suspicion Lou? a bunch, yeah, a bunch of years ago on Toronto. Who was that player that came out and said, "Oh yeah, he's got the doctors in his pockets. I'm healthy. They just won't let me play." Well, yeah, that's um, that, that's just Lou. That's like old school Lou stuff, though. Like, so that's yeah, probably but, everywhere in the NHL. I that there were some things that kind of fell into place this summer for 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 the Islanders. So you gotta kind of go. Why, they, why does but they at least happen? had to trade Taze. They they yeah, they ate yeah, a penalty. Yeah, and Taze is, the, by the way, very good. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they he, traded a top 10 defenseman to keep Barzal. So, yeah. I, yes, the Rangers or any other team should have made them pay more for Barzal, but the Islanders yeah. paid a price this offseason. Islanders Fair didn't enough. pay a price. What was what was the price they paid? Uh, not, nothing. They're, in fact, they're getting the best deadline acquisition out of all of them when somehow miraculously – uh, Kucherov is going to be okay for the playoffs, but not for the regular season at all, just the playoffs. He'll be, he'll be, he's going to play a couple games in the regular season, but then Stamkos will be back, and they'll be all good, baby. That's it. Right. Unbelievable. It's Unbelievable. Best. It's the best. Uh, I wonder if the only reason Kucherov can come back and play some regular season games is because Stamkos is now on LTIR. Oh, it, it 100% is. is. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way they made the caps. <laughs> so they're, they're totally doing that. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they are they're cheating. Blat- they're blatant about it. They are slapping <laughs> you in the face with it. Uh, speak- they, they don't care. They might as well put mud flaps on their fucking uh, bus when they travel through places. So, someone had told cheating. me today, he's like, I don't know if the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be really contenders this year. What if Kucherov doesn't get up to 100%? He's like, what are you worried about? <laughs> like, yeah. This is a guy, like, we said the same stuff about Steph Curry in the NBA. Like, what if he's not back already? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a superstar. They're going to be that good again. It's going to happen. Uh, right. Brad, Brad and the, the question of our time, are yes. you team fire Quinn or are you team Quinn's not Oh, not the this is good. I, I am very much Team Fire Quinn. Oh, wow. there he is! Oh my God! All right, give so us give I, us I, the I, replacement. Uh, all right, so let, let's let's go down the roster real quick. Who's the best center the Rangers have had in the last I don't know, ten years? Mika Zibanejad. Yeah, who's the best forward they've had in the last ten years? Artemi Panarin. That's correct. Who's the be- who's the best defenseman they've had in the last? 10 Adam years? Fox. Adam Fox. And yet we're not a playoff team. It's not their fault this year. I don't know what else I, you want I, them to do. I, I, but here's the thing, like this whole north south mentality, I think it's just such bullshit, you know, Greg. Like great teams, they they go for open space, they find the seams. You, it was really prevalent in the Pittsburgh game. Sullivan is is a tactical genius, to be honest. Like I really think he's a really underrated coach because what was happening in the, one of the Pittsburgh games is the entire Penguins def- defense would collapse on the near wall wherever the Rangers were trying to go up. If they were trying to go up on the far wall or the near wall, they would all collapse on them. And because the Rangers had been so programmed into just going north-south, going north-south, going north-south, none of them would try to find the out- open ice by passing across east-west, right? And as a result, they, the, they kept on turning over the puck right at the, the, the red line or the blue line, mm-hmm. and then the Penguins would go the opposite way, you know? You have one of the well, most talented – in my opinion, you have one of the most talented, fast, skilled rosters. This is not a big, hulking Boston Bruins from five, ten years ago team. This is a really talented team. Let them be creative. Let them make mistakes. Let them go east-west, you know what I'm saying? And, and well, let I think, them, I, and I think the funny thing – I think the funny thing, I think, yeah, I think the 
funny thing there with what you're bringing up is since we've started doing this podcast, at least I've never found myself more frustrated or yelling at the TV more often. The Rangers are constantly trying to make the extra pass. It's unbelievable. And it drives me, it drives me up a fucking wall. I just want one player to be selfish on this team and shoot instead of pass to what you're saying. It's funny that you bring up that you think the Rangers need to go East West more. I will pay them myself just to get a shot off. But we're talking about two different things, right, Greg, because you're talking about the offensive zone, which I agree with. Eventually you just got to pull the trigger, right? I'm talking about neutral zone uh, positioning and neutral zone, um, um, the way they go through the neutral zone, because this team is built on speed. And in order to develop speed, you have to find open ice. If you're trying to go through a wall of defense, you're just going to keep hitting the wall and keep getting frustrated and have to dump the puck. And it's not like the Rangers have great four checkers. I mean, there's nobody that's really this bruising four checking player that's going to turn over the puck. For, I mean, the best four camera they pans have is to Capo Caco. Just going to throw it out yeah. there. Just throwing it out there. Uh, it, the the best player they probably have is like Bushnevich, right? Like at, at getting turn uh, causing turnovers. Maybe maybe Capo too at this point, right? Those are the top but two. Even them, yeah, even them. They're not. They're not. They don't have like this elite speed, like fasted that he could just get in there so quick. And, and cause those turnovers or Haglin who used, used to be great at that too. Yeah. They, you know? But they're not rushed down. Like Kako is like a methodical turnover man where he's going to right, right. beat you with his size and his skill in the middle of the ice. Like if you're near him, his puck handling is likely better than yours. And that's what, right, that, that was the, the scouting report on him. And that's what's yeah. come true this year, uh, which did not happen in the first, but I see what yeah, you're saying. No, like there's no like speed missile attacker that the Rangers have had in the past. Right. For for checking, for sure. And so that's why I don't like this, you know, this north south dump the puck in mentality. I totally agree with you, Greg. Like at the end of the day, in the offensive zone, the, these cross ice passes, even if, if Valakit loves these Royal Road passes, I mean, at, at some point, you've got to just take the shot and try to create the rebound, you know? But, um, yeah, it's, all, but, it's almost like the kids are desperate to get the veterans more points and the veterans are sometimes desperate to get the kids on the board yeah. and I just need one of them to be selfish. Someone yeah, take the shot. I agree. Yeah. Artemi yeah. can't and do you it. Know, he's and, he's and unbelievable. What, yeah. And Artemi can't do it. And, and I hope cop uh, Kako t- turns into that player. Cause he has an amazing shot. I mean, that one timer yesterday, Ooh. I think it was in the Buffalo game. My God. To, Cause that was a full, like Fox threw that puck at him. Basically it was bouncing and he still put a top shelf, you know? Like part of that is we've been saying this part, all year, part, though. A huge part of that is skill and just you know incredible athleticism. Kako has taken in, uh, our good friend Sam Stern. If you don't follow on Twitter, it's Stern Scouting, I believe he's a private account, like a loser. Um, I, I follow Sam very much. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's a good dude, but he did yeah. like an incredible thread today on like every single analytical stat under the sun, and if, if Kako where he ranks on them in the New York Rangers, like first on like everything except obviously whatever Temi Panarin has in like points. So Kako right, has right. developed into these tremendous player. Uh, that we all thought he could be even more so on the defensive side of things, but the shot hasn't been there this year. The confidence has been waning, but you've seen over the past couple of games, like, Oh, he's starting to find it. And now we're going to see something that is uh, something we all expected these past two years. It's just unfortunate. We only have nine games left at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I still have a lot of faith in, in Capo and, and Lafreniere. I, I think there's, there's talent there. I, I hope it doesn't get, and that's one of the reasons I'm worried is one of the things I loved about watching Lafreniere and juniors and, um, you know, um, and in the, the, uh, excuse me, the world juniors mm-hmm. was that anytime there was a gap, 
and there was a lane to the to the net, he would take it. He would take the lane even before you saw it open as a viewer. And he would go right to the net. And if somebody collapsed on him, he would pass it off and set up a scoring chance. He was incredible about that. He had that aggressive mentality in the offensive zone of just take the puck, go to the net, score. And I feel like there is this weird dynamic in the Rangers offense where they they always rely on their points too much. They many, many times there'll be a there'll, there'll be a lane that'll open up. And instead of taking the lane and going to the net, what the player will end up doing is they'll pass it off to the point and then go in that lane and then try to deflect the puck on the shot. Uh, you know, and, and I don't like that. Like, personally, I just think that's a, a, a bad offensive scheme is to be cycling off your points. Like, I think you should be cycling off off your corners. And, and any time that an opportunity arises, you should be driving to the net. Um, I think you're I think making a good team. A lot of great points here. Seriously, I, I, for the for the people who have told, told us that they want David Quinn fired, you're making one of the most compelling arguments the counter argument oh, yeah. to that is the rangers have gotten 22 points uh, in the last 30 games they've gotten 22 of them that got points and like they've right. been successful and, in a lot of ways and just so like uh and, and i don't mean to like I'm, i feel like i'm completely taking over this combo and i apologize for that i'm just you're the like, guy i never get the i never get to talk <laughs> i'm always talking films so this is so exciting for me but anyway so just another caveat of that is is one of the reasons i think that they've done so well in the last two or three weeks is because of artemi panarin coming back i i think i just have this weird theory okay forgive mm-hmm. me but you're in the right place our, our, Artemi Panarin does not give a shit what David Quinn tells him. Okay. Like he's like, yeah, okay, buddy, I'm going to go North South, whatever the fuck you say. Right. There's been, and, there's and, been signs of that, by the way. Well, Just, I, I, I think, uh, I think this is a situation where if you, I, as you know, Brad, I'm a big New York Met fan. What? This might be news to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it, even before his 15 strikeout complete game shutout on Friday, yeah. every conversation, the Mets, broadcasting booth ever has with a coach when they're talking about Jacob deGrom every yeah. coach is like if you think we tell Jacob deGrom anything you're fucking insane we just let him do whatever he does right I would bet that Artemi Panarin has similar you think I don't think David Quinn is out there telling Artemi Panarin how to play hockey I, I think I, agree. I think Quinn is very much being like Artemi Panarin is an MVP caliber player that is going to do whatever the hell he does and I'm going to try to get these other guys to play with Artemi Panarin so, so then you have to ask yourself the question is, who do the Rangers, who the players, the young players look up to? Okay? Because if they look up to Artemi, then that explains a lot of why their style has changed since Artemi came back. Right? I mean, it really does. Because I swear that Pittsburgh game happened right before Panarin came back, where they were just going up the boards, going up the boards, going up the boards, north-south, north-south, north-south. And then all of a sudden, Panarin comes back, and the ice all opens up. And all of a sudden, we have this offensive juggernaut that pass, 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 shot, pass, 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 shot. And it's fantastic to watch. It's just entertaining hockey. And I, I guarantee you it's because it, they see Artemi doing it and they just feed off of him. I'm going to journalist you just leader. a little bit. And I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to do this on purpose. I promise. Somebody yeah. who is very close to the situation in Columbus and now knows things in New York and it's not named John Davidson uh, yeah. told me the only reason that Artemi Panarin can be this good is because David Quinn lets him do those things. Whereas his former coach, Torts, would never let him play the style he does now, which is why he didn't have the breakout campaigns in CBJ that he has in New York. Right, that, right. That, now, that may 
be going to your point or going against it. I'm not sure. But that is, a, to me at least, a little bit of a credit to David Quinn. Now, I, you, you know this. Yeah, absolutely. We think David Quinn is average. We think he, you could get a better option. We do. We also don't right. think he gets enough credit. Uh, you're making a lot of strong points as to where, yes, maybe they could have a more you know, open offense, more advanced offense. And I'll be honest with you, the questions about David Quinn have been the X and O's, have been his, uh, his shift changes and have been his in-game adjustments. So those are all super valid criticisms of him. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all on any of those. It's yeah. just everyone else, it seems to be like the Rangers aren't producing. Well, the Rangers are, are competing in a, <laughs> in a division that Very is tough a tough, super tough. I think it's, what is it? Right. Uh, 10 points better than the West in every single, almost every single way. Just really, mm. really rough. And they're, they're going to, they're not, they might not make it. They likely won't. But uh, David Quinn, through a year where he didn't have Artemi Panarin due to like a, a political attack, one of his uh, star defensemen at the time probably never is never going to play in the NHL again, maybe at this point, who knows. And uh, Phil Pedel was his number two center at the time before Ryan Storm really broke out and broke his hand. There's a lot that they went through. Uh, right. I think he gets he doesn't really get any credit for that at all, except from us for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I just I I've grown tired and it's probably one of the reasons is because Micheletti is the color man. I've really grown tired of this old hockey mentality of, and this old hockey speech of North South, you know, we're going to be tough to play against. Cool. You know what? Be tough to play against by being the fastest team in the NHL and nobody can keep up with you. You know, well, then like, you're not going to like Davidson either, because Davidson, the reason they drafted Braden, yeah, yeah, Braden Schneider, it. who almost shares your name, is because he's six foot three and big. <laughs> yeah. but, but Schneider can at least skate. It's not like they did another McClare. Uh, Mac, you know? yeah. 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 You know, they, they, they did pick somebody who actually can sna- skate, uh, skate. And I, I do. I, I'm not completely against Braden Schneider. I, I, I watched the World Juniors he played, and I know that's a horrible sample size, and you should never judge somebody by World Juniors. But he had, like, one game that he looked horrible in, and then the rest of the tournament he was really fantastic to watch. Um, so I, I'm optimistic that they made the right decision there. Uh, you know, it's felt like they needed a forward, but whatnot. I, 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 here's a good question mm-hmm. for you guys. If you don't mind me flipping the script here a little bit, go for it. What, at, at what point, what, what leash do you give David Quinn? I think he's How got one more year. Well, you, you got one more year. So yeah, I, I, if we don't, if they don't make the playoffs next year, do they just, if they just make the playoffs, is he okay? Yes. Do they have to actually do damage in the playoffs. No, I think if the Rangers qualify in a normal season under normal stakes, uh, David Quinn will be fine. If the Rangers miss the playoffs, I think David Quinn will get fired. Not okay. this year. I, I don't think no. anyone in the Rangers organization thinks this year has been anything but a success. I think okay. they, they take they take all of the stacks that you we've had. Mika Zibanejad got COVID, disappeared for the first part of the season. Artemi Panarin literally disappeared for part of the season. Philip Needle yeah. broke his hand. Um, Igor got hurt. Georgiev caved in. You take everything that's happened to the New York Rangers this year, and the fact that we have eight games remaining this year, the Rangers are still theoretically alive for a playoff spot, and not just alive for a playoff spot, but playing some of their best hockey of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the organization considers this year a success. However, everyone in this organization understands that the rebuild has plateaued. They are ready to make a deep playoff run under normal circumstances. And there's no reason for the New York Rangers not to be a top four team in the regular metropolitan division come next season. So if the Rangers miss the playoffs next year, they will be looking for a new head coach. I I can almost guarantee you that. What is your leash? Like how far into the, 
next season would you start going, okay, they need to fire him? I, oh, I, I'm not a, I'm not an in-season fire guy. I, I, the Rangers, the Rangers start would have to be so bad that so bad. I would think it is crippling to the Rangers to keep. They'd have to be like two and ten. I think there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of teams that want to stand in the cups with in-season firings, though. You know, like St. Louis Blues, did it. Yeah, like the Pittsburgh Penguins did it. You know, I mean, there is yeah, but some, the the start the start it. would have to be catastrophic to a point yeah. where the start is so catastrophic that the Rangers are just gonna let Jacques Martin be the interim head coach for the entire year. They're not even going to bring anyone else in. It would have to be a 10 and 20 start. Or there's a coach that they are absolutely in love with that is suddenly on the market, and then they cannot afford to miss out yeah. on that coach. I'll, right, right. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I, w- I, w- I didn't realize this until today because I read an article from our former employer. I'm not going to name names. Um, <laughs> we do have no I, re- I read an article. Yes. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that Rod Brindamore is out of contract after the year. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what I, I was going to ask you, Brad, and I was going to ask anyone who says they want Quinn fired. I require them to tell me who they want. Okay. Listen, if Rod Brindamore is available, I'd fire David Quinn too. I think that guy's a top five coach in the NF- NHL. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean. I mean, to be fair, I, I think that what who I would want and who the, the Rangers would want are two different things. I think they're going to want somebody experienced in, in a, an NHL resume at this point. Next, but doesn't uh, doesn't that go against your you don't want an old head talking about North South right? hockey? Right, I, I can still hope that they don't do that. <laughs> like, That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> but, but and I still think that there's a lot of really great NHL head coaches that are NHL that have NHL experience, you know, I think I'd love to see Gerard Gallant and see what he could do. Uh, Seattle coach outside of the NHL. I'd love to see, uh, I forget the coach at UMass who just won a national championship. But if you look at the teams he's taken uh, and created an incredible like team out of they're they're pretty underwhelming teams. And he keeps being in the top 10 in the nation. Like it's pretty incredible what this guy is doing with, crap rosters you know but that, um, you could do this with every other sport too there's a lot of college football coaches that go to the nfl and just don't do anything they don't do right. anything and yeah and and some of them can't translate and part of it is you know do you command the room can you garner that respect and and part of it is just do, do does the way you you know can you adjust to nhl coaches and how well they adjust to whatever your game plan is and i think that's one of the things that you know going to be, again back to that pittsburgh game Sullivan is a really good tactical coach, in my opinion. And he saw that the Rangers were constantly going up the walls and he collapsed his defense on it. And the Rangers had no answer. They never adjusted their game plan. They kept just going to the red line, trying to dump it in. And then with either Latang or Dumoulin or somebody was able to break the puck out. No problem. You know, my, and my one counter, my one counter to that would be when you have a team as young as the New York Rangers, it's less about in-game adjustments and trying to get them to do the one thing you ask them to do on a nightly basis. Right. Unless the, the one thing is to bang their head against the wall over and over again. Like, the Rangers know, are pretty good like about this... that too, though. Look at, <laughs> look at Truman Blackwell. Uh, We're doing great. great. I'm great at that as well, Greg. <laughs> but I mean, like at a certain point, right, we have to start, you know, we have to like start worrying about the youth too. Like what are we coaching out of them? Are we coaching out creativity? Like, are we are we boxing them so much in that 
they're actually not hitting their stride the way they should? I mean, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just throwing this out there because who knows we, what Capo would be under another coach or what Lafreniere would be under another coach. But I do see Lafreniere's game, the way he played in juniors and the way he played in the World Junior Classic, like I said before, and the way he plays now, he's a perimeter player now compared to what he was before. He's getting better at it. Like the last few games, he's actually been really great. His passing he, has been like really nice. Feels, it feels like he has a swagger all of a sudden, um, a little bit on the ice, like which he he very much had in juniors. If you watch him, like he just did not give a fuck who was in his way, you know. Um, and so I hope that that can be cultivated and like imp- you know you know encouraged. Um, but yeah, I think it, you have to talk about that. So you have to be worried about that stuff because this is this is our this is our the, our team's future. You know, like we we care about this so much. We don't want to see some of the best players the Rangers have ever drafted, ever, ruined by some, like, I, I, I would rather make the mistake too early than make the mistake too late with this coach. The, you're That's right. my opinion. You're right, but this is this is the counterpoint again, and I do love having these conversations when they're reasonable. Truly, I do. The counterpoint okay. is, that, is that Adam Fox has done things that none of us really thought were possible under David Quinn. And not, and if you if you want to take all the defensemen uh, out of his hands and just say, hey, that might have been Marty Jacques or somebody else in the system, fine. We could talk forwards yeah. too, but maybe to be a successful hockey team, at least through the New York Rangers, who I do believe are taking instruction from Gorton and J D two, is playing that quote unquote two hundred foot game. And yeah, Kako hasn't been this offensive powerhouse that he was supposed to be right away. It's coming right now. It's seemingly happening in front of before our rise the past couple of weeks with nine points in the last twelve games, but. Yeah. His defensive metrics Praise are me. insane. He's one of the best defensive forwards in, in the game on year two. And he was one of the worst players in the NHL last year. Yeah. Statistically, the worst rookie since since analytics were a thing in the NHL. Right. By no, a lot. Was, so, to, yeah. so to become this value where he's leading the team in so many different metrics, like to me, that says like, okay, well, maybe Quinn's system is working a little bit. Maybe did it mess with Kako's confidence and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm sure it did, dude. Like that guy is a guy who came from another league where he was the best among adults at 18. To come over and right. get your ass kicked, that sucks. And to have your coach not believe in you right away, that sucks too. But the, the results have been tremendous this year. Yeah, no, I, I and, and I agree that like Kako's taking a major step and you know, but we also have to think about the excuses we gave him last year. And one of the major ones was that he played too much hockey and he just never got a chance to rest. So that that's and if you want to use that as an excuse last year, then you have to use that as a reason that he's good this year. Um, and so that kind of eliminates. I, I'm sorry, I got to play devil's advocate with that. Please, thing you say. please. Yeah, and then and then the, the other thing I'll say is, is Adam Fox, the moment he stepped on the ice was you could tell he was there was something special there. Like I I I. I would challenge any coach to make him bad. He he's just good, you know. Uh, and he's he might. I, I I think his mind works on a level that I have not seen since Zubov and Leach. No you know, one is they, going to disagree he, with you. Nobody. On yeah. This podcast. Like, and, and, w- and what and the great thing about because the thing about that's interesting about Fox is that he he's not a really skilled player. Like he doesn't have great speed. He doesn't have great agility. He doesn't even have the best hands, I would say, but he's so brilliant that he sees the, the, the game as if it was like being slowed down. And he sees like passing lanes that I don't think most people notice. And so the, the, the best thing is that they need to sign him for a very long contract because he is going to stay good for a long time because that, that's a skill that doesn't your brain never that doesn't go away. You know, he's always going to have that, you know. Uh, even if he slows down a tad, even if he, you know, can't outmuscle a player as much, 
he doesn't need to because he's so brilliant. He's able to take the puck away without doing that, you know? Um, so would, go ahead. Sorry. I would just, just to chime in because I, I think Adam Fox incorrectly does get used as the, well, you have to give David Quinn credit for that. I think the defenseman that you have to give David Quinn and the coaching staff credit for Lindgren. is actually Lindgren because yeah. Lindgren was supposed to be just a depth defenseman, a nice piece to have, but not mm-hmm. someone you were going to build around. And yeah. listen, if you want to give Adam Fox all the credit in the world for Ryan Lindgren, that's unfair to Ryan Lindgren now, who has developed into becoming one of the key cogs in this Ranger team moving forward and someone you can rely on if yeah. Adam Fox comes out of this lineup. And yeah. listen, as much as we want to say that Quinn holds people back, he immediately threw Lindgren to the fire when yeah, Lindgren came up here. And, no fear. And he... To Lindgren's credit, he proved to be a guy that could handle that. But I can't sit here and say that David Quinn can't get any credit for how Ryan Lindgren has not just developed to a 100th percentile outcome. He has exceeded everybody's expectation. Everybody's. Yeah. I, thought, I thought he was a knobhead when he came up. I thought he was a nothing guy that was mm-hmm. just here because the Rangers didn't have any other choice and any other option. He's mm-hmm. become a legitimate top four defenseman in the NHL and a legitimate first pairing defenseman when partnered with the right with person. And Fox, this, yeah, that person yeah. happens to be Adam Fox. So I, as, as much as I, I understand people are being like, oh, Quinn is holding people back. He's not holding everybody back. You, I can't sit here and say that Ryan Lindgren's a revelation. Mm-hmm. And someone needs to have – Ryan Lindgren deserves some credit there, but this coaching staff deserves credit too. And, and you got to give – you also have to – you also have to give credit to to Drury and and Knobloch in, in Hartford because, you know, Lindgren came up. He was not a very highly touted prospect. A lot of us kind of wrote him off as just, oh, they kind of wasted, a, you know, a trade here. Um, you know, the second round pick is going to be more valuable when they traded. I think it was who, – who did they trade to Boston? It was, that was Rick that Nash. Was the Nash. That was yeah. the Nash trade. And so, and, and, you know, like we just did, and, and he wasn't like, he was, he wasn't doing anything special in Hartford. It wasn't like he was putting up a ton of points or anything. Um, and he came in and it, he just worked seamless. Like I, he'd be another one. I would argue that from the moment he came in, he was, he did pretty well. Like he wasn't, there wasn't a big curve to his, you know, getting up to speed. He fit in next to Fox pretty well right off the bat. Uh, there might've been some growing pains in the beginning, but but I will give DQ absolute credit for just throwing him right in there and just saying, you know, go do it, you know. And I think, I think there is something very commendable about that. I would much rather a player just get thrown to the fire, um, and if they screw up, that's fine. You just, you know, stay positive with. No. Um, than them being uh, like held back uh, because then the they start to question themselves, you know, like, why can't I get in the lineup? Uh, what's wrong with me? You know, what am I doing wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And confidence is everything for a player. You know, that that's it's such an important part, especially for a professional athlete uh, to be confident because that means you're decisive and decisiveness is everything in, in a fast paced sport. You know, and I I will I will say this. It's very over the years. It's been very interesting with Quinn specifically. He babies the forwards, and it, yeah. it's. It, it, I mean, all all you need to know is that Vitaly Kravtsov still isn't playing top six minutes right now. But we we have enough we have enough track record with <laughs> with the young forwards that come up where we know David Quinn takes his time with them. Lafreniere, Kako, Gauthier, 
yeah. Kravtsov. You name them, they've been babied. Even, hey, even Brett Howden. Brett Howden doesn't play a whole lot of minutes. He gets babied. He shouldn't be in the NHL, but he gets babied. Whereas with the defensemen, yeah. it's almost like Quinn admits he has Agree no choice that. but to throw them into the fire. He put Lieber Hayek on the top pairing mm-hmm. opening night in 2019. Yeah, he did. He put Lindgren with Fox immediately. Yep. He put Keandre Miller with Jacob yep. Truba immediately. He throws – he feels like yep. he has no choice but to throw the defenseman head first. The first defenseman he hasn't done this with is Zach Jones, which is funny because it's almost like this is the time where the Rangers feel like they have enough defensemen so they can be slow with Jones. I don't know why he right. feels like he can throw defensemen to the fire more quickly than the forwards, but we have enough track record to know, for whatever reason, Quinn plays it slow with the forwards, and the defensemen, it's night one. You have to get going. I mean, maybe it's Martin driving the bus a little bit. Uh, you know, like But he, 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 he just, did it with Ruff, He did too. that before. He did it before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I honestly, uh, you know, it, it, it is – maybe he just doesn't have the – like maybe his coaching acumen is more t- geared towards offense. So he's more micromanaging offense than he is on defense, which would make sense because we've seen such a big difference between Ruff and um, Martin, you know, as far as defense uh, is concerned. So if you were to make the argument that he's probably l- less hands-on, it makes sense based on well, what's happened over the, you know, from last year to this year. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't at all fault him for being, you know, open to playing players. Uh, I think he has some major blind spots. I feel like every Ranger fan out there also, you got to understand the trauma we've gone through with like AV uh, for so long. Is that, that, and I think that affects it too, is that we just once, just for 10 games straight, want the best lineup available on the ice. That's all. Just 10 games straight of the best lineup available. Why is that so much to ask? Like, seriously, why is it so much to ask? Because I, the, I, your I mean, position of the, what the best lineup is is never going to be the same as somebody else, and somebody's always going to yell, always. But but even even with the amount of experimentation that DQ goes on, you think at a certain point he would stumble upon like what what many what others consider the best lineup available. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and. I, I, I mean, my opinion is on the best lineup is is you play Gauthier. I'd love to see him. I just want to see him get a chance. Just ten games, let him play in a, like a, a an offensive role. You could even play him just top nine with with other players that can he can feed off of, and just see what you got out of him before you end up giving him away to Seattle. Like, what's the point? Like, this, you know, like you're about to let this guy walk and you don't even know what you got with him. I think, you know, I think one of the underrated parts here, and I think we could do this for absolutely ever is, um, (laughs) is, is that they see Gauthier in practice. And that means a lot to them. I mean, I read a big article this week about how development isn't always in games. A lot of the development happens off the ice for these organizations. Uh, And Gauthier has clearly done things that they don't at least approve of in practice. Now, who knows what those are? We don't get to see practices. Yeah. Even the beat writers aren't there a lot of the time. They have to watch streams. So it's not even like we can get like these tips to see if like they, maybe he's just not doing the defensive assignments and Quinn loves defensive forwards. And if you're not defensively responsible, you're not playing. That's very clear right. for him. And right. just to, just to put a bow on my David Quinn feelings with you. I don't think he'll be the coach in three years. I don't think he'll be the end all be all answer. Maybe you should go out and get something early and replace him right now. Or maybe you should wait for the perfect moment for when, 
you know, he wasn't Davidson's quote coach. He wasn't. He was hired before Davidson was here. Maybe they go ahead and pick up somebody, somebody else. It could yeah. be, it could be a solution down the road. Maybe they wait for a better time, a better person. Maybe they're waiting for Rod. Maybe that's the option. But Quinn was here, brought here to develop. I thought he's done in five out of ten, six out of ten job for that. With Adam Fox, is ten out of ten. With Lingren, mm-hmm. is ten out of ten. Um, if you want a Capo and and Lafreniere to be like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews off the rip, yeah, it's a total failure. But that's not how it, it happens all the time, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens with him uh, the next. I think he's got one more year left at least. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you letting me argue with you about this, guys. I, uh, you know, obviously we have uh, different uh, ideas, but I, I think it's we both agree it's it's in, our hearts are in the right place. We just want the best out of the Rangers, especially the kids that for the first time in forever the Rangers have a number one and a number two draft pick on the roster. The talent a, is unbelievable, a, man. And a player that if you probably redrafted should have gone number one in Adam Fox. I don't know. Um, I'm number one. What what year was he drafted? Was he drafted? I, uh, you know what? If that's a McDavid leave, you forget what I said. But, <laughs> but but either way, he should have been in the top ten. I think we can agree. We can agree there. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Anyway, um, I am kind of curious now. You got to look. It up. 2016. Uh, for it, Austin Matthews, Patrick Line, Pierre Luc Dubois, Poy, probably should have gone bo- before Poyarvi. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe even number two there behind Austin Matthews. I mean, well, I, got- I mean, I. We, I uh, who else is it? Matthew Kachuk is in this draft. Jacob yeah. Chitrin's in this draft. Chitrin's really good. Uh, Julian Goche, by the way, went 21st overall in this draft. Hey, there you go. Uh, Brett Howden, by the way, went 27th overall. <laughs> 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 uh, Lieber, Lieber Hayek, by the way, went 37th overall. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. A couple, couple guys went before Adam Fox in this draft. All right. Wow. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Why don't you go ahead and plug everything uh, you got going on and we'll have you back on later in the summer or sometime your next film comes out. We'll, we'll do the red carpet with you. No big deal. Oh yeah. I'd love to have you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me guys. I can't, I can't tell you enough. I, I do so many like film stuff that it's so great to just talk hockey. I'm on the West coast. So there's very few Rangers fans out here. Yep. Or if they are, they're hiding or they're there. Quarantine. You know, um, but uh, I, you know, if anybody wants to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm uh, director uh, underscore BRD um, and Twitter, the same thing. I have a, uh, a separate Twitter handle for my hockey and I'm going to keep that private. <laughs> I, get, I get very passionate about my hockey, so yep. I don't want it to come back to bite me later. But, I get it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but I just, I, I can't thank you enough and thank you for what you guys do. I can't believe you guys have been doing this for 200 semi weeks or whatever yeah, it's been 283 and, weeks in a row baby and 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 on behalf of uh you know the blue shirts nation we we appreciate you because we love hearing greg get really worked up over <laughs> something between the mets and the rangers every week i'm so. always surprised to have like people in our discord and our patreon are like man i love when greg got pissed off this week and i go man what am i doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and i also like it's introspective to me where it's like i could just find happiness in my life one day and not have to yell and scream. Uh, who... Oh my god! If you came in and was like just zen in one episode, dude, there's been a <laughs> couple times. Everybody off. I told people Listen. off air like 2021. Greg is different. He's built different. It's 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 a more zen Greg. It's I feel like uh, you've gotten less angry over the years. Well, it, it's funny because when the years started, I was zen and cool, and now I'm just angry at the people who are just like obnoxious on the internet at all times. But we can't and it's made me focus on them. Yeah, I know, Ryan, but I'm not smart. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, uh, Braden, who do you, who to you is the number one Hollywood Ranger fan? Is it Margot Robbie? 
Uh, I would say so, probably, right? I mean, uh, I, I can't think of like, I mean, maybe she's Liam the big Neeson? one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that I've seen I've seen him at a games a bunch of times. Spike Lee, yeah, I know he likes the Rangers. Um, I mean, obviously known for his Nick fanhood, so I don't think right. you can really put him in that category. It's it's not the fucking kid. If I see the kid from Stranger Things one I more goddamn care. time, <laughs> like don't don't I, comment on this in case you work with him. But yeah, yeah we, right, right, right. You you say something nice about him right now, but yeah, put us in the movie with kid. him and just let us parade <laughs> him. <laughs> Oh, we don't care I love him. I love that show and I, those kids do a great job. You have no idea how hard it is for a child actor. That was great. Stuff that was like great. That, so. Good job there. That yeah, is good job. That, <laughs> that's a, that's a hell. That's a hell. You you got Hollywood in the blood, man. Hey, there I you fucking go. smell it. All right. Well, seriously though, pl- uh, uh, all movies, all that stuff. Go please check them all out. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Hey, so now that we're like a big time podcast, welcome back, by the way. Uh, we might be in a movie. Who knows? I'm going to pitch him some scripts. What do you think? It's gonna oh, go I'm serious. If, there needs to be a Spinal Tap mockumentary about us. I, you think I'm kidding? No, I don't think you're kidding. Um, I'm not kidding. This podcast episode, in case you were wondering, is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> this one specifically? Like this one we're doing? Uh, pretty much everyone from now on. And BSBOT, as you guys know, will not be on the main feed anymore. It'll be on Patreon.com. That's true. This podcast is brought to you by... Uh, Amber Coensberger, Ben Waters, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Broadway Blue Bleeder, C.G. Stellworth, uh, Stellwagon, I'm sorry, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, the legend, Jared Jabritsky, the staffer, uh, Jimmy Mack, Justin uh, Dritzel, Capo, Praise B, Chris from Florida, Kyle Franklin, Les, oh man, Les, <laughs> Leszek Gron, Gronsky, I'm messing that up, Stefan Lumiere, this one is literally from also Norway. Did you say Stefan I was like, Steven, I'm an idiot. And I text him, too. I actually text him. I actually text him. This one's from Norway, and he messaged me on Twitter. He was like, you messed my name up. Absolutely. There was the Stig one. I think it's Bulbach is the is the actual pronunciation. Swingard, Tommy, Tommy O'Neill, the legendary Tory from Manhattan, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Thank you so much for being Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you. I, okay. I should say shout-out to the Kawas. I went out to Oneana last night oh, to hey. watch the Ranger game. Lovely, lovely evening of hockey, Ticket to Ride, and Splendor, I think, is the game we play. I love played. Splendor. Love Yeah, Splendor. I suck at it, but I am learning. Great game. Love Bob Kala, as you know. Uh, all right, let's do this. Love, uh, love Winsome, too. Winsome, I haven't, like, I've only met Winsome one time, met. and I will eventually have dinner with them again. All right, <laughs> now that we've talked about our personal lives. The there you go. NBC is no longer doing the NHL. Thank God. Praise uh, shucks. Praise shucks. It'll be now shucks. TNT. It will now be ESPN. And Gregory, just... Mm. Announced minutes ago, HBO may be involved. Ooh. Yeah, but is HBO going to be involved like they're bringing back 24-7? That's what I hope. I don't know yeah. if that's actually the case. That's what I hope. I, I would imagine that's the case. Um, yeah, it's – it's. listen, it's it's only good. I, I do think we, we have bemoaned and bitched about NBC more than just about anyone. Some it, of my most popular live tweet sessions have just been slandering NBC. Yeah, and listen, we – it doesn't come from a place of like Pierre jokes or Milbury's an old shoe and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like yeah. it's not that it, it's NBC has the potential to be at, they can make the product as good as they want it to be. Now I know NBC sports network is going away, which was probably a big reason why they're not involved anymore. Yeah. Um, but they it's not like NBC is for some reason, which makes no sense to me. Listen, I love the soccer stuff on Peacock. So I'm still not complaining. Okay. Um, but it, again, the the soccer is the exact reason why I kept finding myself frustrated with everything NBC did with hockey because 
it is appointment viewing, their Premier League coverage. Their analysts, Rebecca Lowe, even Liam McHugh, when he fills in, everything they do with soccer is gold, and it's great, and has expanded viewership and fan participation in the Premier League in the United States. They, they aren't the reason why the Premier League is so popular in the U.S. today, but they have helped so much. And it just always felt like they didn't give a shit with hockey, that this was something they acquired once upon a time and kind of got tired of it and didn't want it anymore. It became a burden for them. They wanted to do more Notre Dame football on weekends. They wanted to do more soccer coverage on weekends. They wanted to do different things that weren't hockey. So it became this like nuisance. And it, it seemed obvious when you were watching these broadcasts. They weren't engaging. They weren't unique. They were cut and dry. They were cookie cutter. And all we've ever wanted is for national hockey broadcasts to be different, to be pushing forward. And with NBC, it, it, it stopped feeling a very long time ago like they were pushing forward. And this is not a knock on everyone that works there. I think um, no, we've had Brendan Don Burke is fantastic. We've had Don Moore I think show. Brian, yep, Don Moore is good. Ryan Callahan's been a revelation. I think Brian Boucher is very good as an analyst as well. Obviously, Kenny Albert, obviously, John Forslund. These are all very talented people that were working there. Doc Emmerich's a legend, but it, it's, it just it felt stale and stagnant. And I, I don't understand why they allowed it to get there. It got to a point where Eddie Olchek is more alive when he's doing horse coverage than he is hockey coverage. That's a and problem. That, that, yeah, and I don't think that's because Eddie Olchek isn't interested in the NHL anymore. He very much is. But it, it, it's just like they were highlighting him better during their horse racing coverage. Than they, they didn't know what to do with him with hockey. And that's an that's not an indictment on Eddie Olchek. That's an indictment on NBC. Yep. So I'm very I'm very excited to see what the big networks are planning. Um, and I I'm think very they actually will promote see. the crap out of it, which I'm super excited. I'm ho- I hope they put yes. the right games in the right places. I hope there's not a, a conference final game with Nathan McKinnon with Game Seven on 12:30 on a Friday. Ridiculous nonsense. Like I, I want them to grow the game appropriately, and I, I really do think they will. The, the, what TNT has done with the NBA has been phenomenal. I, I actually trust ESPN a lot. I know that sounds crazy, and a lot of people hate ESPN, but <laughs> yeah, ESPN, ESPN had a tough day today, though. What did they do? I missed it. They, uh, they, they tweeted out um, on this day two years ago. Oh, the uh, uh, End Game came out, and Thanos called game, and I'm like, that is not the right movie. That that is uh that is the sequel to the movie that you think you're talking about. Um. And I saw people today being like, who's the NHL version of Shaq and Barkley going to be? You know what? Just let Shaq and Barkley do it, man. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't change a single fucking thing. It's like, I don't want hockey to find its own Stephen A. Smith. I want Stephen A. Smith talking about hockey. I don't want the NHL to find their Shaq and Barkley. I want Shaq and Barkley doing hockey games. To be fair, Endgame Endgame did come out two years ago from today. That's um, fine. It, Thanos didn't call game in that one. He that, died. He that, dead. That's true. He... Spoiler, spoiler <laughs> He did. Yeah, I don't think we spoil anything there. To be honest with you. In, in fact, he died twice in one movie. He died twice. The first death is sick. I missed that movie. I'm gonna watch it again soon. It's amazing. It's great. It's uh, great. Just an incredible weekend. Rest in peace, game. Speaking of which, Chadwick Boseman should have won fucking best actor last year. I didn't night. watch that the Oscars. I don't care. It's whatever. Especially in a year with no movies. How how could we even do this? How dare you? It's ridiculous. All right. Um, that Hopefully ESPN could do uh, what no other station has ever done before by bringing NHL to 
millions and millions of people and make them happy and smile. All right, that's the end of the show uh, this week. We'll be back later this week on patreon.com slash Butcher's Breakaway with our uh, wonderful BSBO team. That'll be out Thursday morning. We got we got a bunch of shit coming this week. Let's let's pump it all. You got the uh, uh, a, a terrible draft uh, preview. It's going I, to, I, again, I, I know we're downplaying this, but I'm going to host a, a, once upon a time, we used to do a mock draft every year. And one of our uh, friends who I think is still a supporter of the pod, Tim, would come on and do a mock draft with I us. I saw Tim the other day. I hope he's doing well. I actually DM'd him. He's doing good. Tim, Tim, Tim's a great guy. But I'm, we're bringing back. This is this is the fun shit that we are now allowed to do because we are independent again. the The NFL mock draft is coming. I'm warning you guys right now. It's not going to be good. It's going to be me and our friend John just trying to predict 32 straight picks. It's going to be bad. Don't it, when you get angry at us, just understand what you're getting. We're angry just having at. fun. Uh, Wednesday night, we're recording BSBOT. Yep. Thursday night, either I am going to record or I'm going to write an, uh, a piece for The Unathletic on my Kentucky Derby picks coming up this weekend. Uh, I'll also recap. Jeff was on Gambling with Greg last week. He did Academy Awards picks. I know he had one win. I'll have to go back and see if he won the four other categories that he was trying to go for. I think so, I can live stream on Patreon, and I might live stream right after the game, which I will be at. New York Rangers versus Islanders. So there you go. On Thursday. Yep. That's right. Why not? I will not be there. There you go. Uh, I will be watching the NFL draft with friends because cool, cool, I'm cool. a fucking degenerate. There you go. Uh, yeah. No, we got guys as crazy as this sounds. we got a bunch of shit coming Making out. Content it's all going to be coming out for, it, it, it's all coming out for those Patreon subscribers. So if you want it, it's going to be there for there you. For you. you just got to sign up. Coffee. That's it. All right. We'll be back uh, next week. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, Ooh. bye. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you did. Yeah, follow yeah. Greg at Bushwick. Bye, bye, bye. In sync. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.